Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. A factual data creation facility production. Welcome to the OFNT Podcast, episode 197, which I'm calling Happy Holidays. Yes, the holidays are upon us, and I hope they find you and your family in good health and especially good spirits. Hey, you know, New Year's Day will mark the one-year anniversary of my retirement from working life. Do I miss having to go to work? Surprisingly, yes. But if I still was required to do so, I'm sure I'd have a different opinion. All right, let's get on with it, shall we? Yeah. Before I start, let me say that I'm aware of the errors I made while speaking during last week's episode. Two of the many errors I made was calling the highest-end model of the iPhone an iPhone Mac instead of Macs. I guess I had Macs on my mind. Instead of saying a dollar, I said O dollar. What the heck is an O-dollar anyway? It was just one of those episodes, I guess. Tech News With most, if not all, tech companies shuttered for the holidays, there wasn't much news to report, as you can imagine. Well, I tried my best, and this is what I came up with. The biggest story of the week was Apple having to halt sales of the company's Apple Watch 9 and Ultra 2 due to a patent judgment from the International Trade Commission, the ITC. The White House could have vetoed the sales injunction, but rightfully decided not to. If the patents were the property of what they call a patent troll, which are companies whose sole purpose is to sue other companies for patent violations in hope of a settlement, I would expect the White House veto would have been enacted. In this case, the company involved is a reputable medical equipment manufacturer named Massimo. The patents involve the oxygen monitoring feature of the Apple Watch. Some years back, Apple was in talks to acquire Massimo, but instead decided to just hire away key employees from them. What? Besides affecting the sale of the new model Apple Watches, older models cannot be repaired until the situation is resolved. Well, I'm sure Apple will have to cough up some cash early in the new year to put this situation right. What do you think? The Blue Bubble Wars appear to be at an impasse as the company behind the latest attempt to bring iMessage to Android, Beeper, has signaled that it's throwing in the towel. I won't go over the details of the whole escapade now, but Beeper released a statement saying that if Apple blocks its latest attempt, it will no longer try to work around it. Beeper even hinted at taking legal action against Apple. What? Well, all I can say is, good luck with that, bro. <laughs> bah! Humbug! 
Apple has unveiled a new security feature within the beta release of iOS 17.3. This feature will prevent iPhone thieves from using the owner's passcode to gain access to sensitive data. Yes. When the feature is activated, it will require Face ID along with the passcode and be accomplished at the location of your home. If a thief manages to get by all these safeguards, well, I'm sorry to say, but there's no saving you. <laughs> this new security feature is aptly named Stolen Device Protection, and it's a good thing. And finally for the tech news section, Google will be renaming the company's digital assistant from plain Google to Pixie. What? How dare you? But hey, what's in a name? This sounds like a partnership with Disney to me. You know, in the past, we had Cortana, and that was a cool name. And of course, we have Alexa. But Pixie? We'll see how that goes. Tech I'm using. Being that the end of the year is rapidly approaching, I'll copy what a lot of other podcasts and YouTube channels are doing, which is running down what new tech they acquired and used during the year, and their opinions of them. First off, I said goodbye to a few pieces of tech. My old 2015 iMac, which for the most part served me well all those years. Well, the last couple weren't too happy though, as it seemed I was fighting a losing battle with it, especially while producing this podcast. My old poor person's iPhone 13 was also shipped out in exchange for my 15 Pro Max. Strangely, I have no real impression of that old 13. It was just there and did what it was designed to do. It had no character. It also had no decent battery life. I also said farewell to my 2018 MacBook Air and 2019 MacBook Pro over the last month or so, which has left me laptopless until Santa arrives. I hardly ever use the Air because its intended purpose was superseded by Microsoft Word and OneDrive. The MacBook Pro saw the most usage, especially upon my retirement. I banged out scripts and other writing on it until the arrival of my off-mentioned Logitech mechanical keyboard this past October. There were other pieces of tech that didn't make it until the end of the year, but I don't want to put you to sleep too early in this episode. Most of my new tech arrived late in the year during a flurry of buying in the September and October time frame. This year saw me purchasing a further four Ring indoor cameras during Amazon's Prime days two of which are sharing the same drawer as those so far uninstalled Blink outdoor cameras I recently purchased. Those Ring indoor cams were bought for half price and I have six, you heard it, six, wow. installed around my house. Two of which are pointing out of various windows and four pointed internally, which are armed only if the house is left vacant of people. For the price I paid for these cameras, well, they provide a somewhat inexpensive indoor and outdoor security blanket which is unfortunately needed in these times of unchecked criminal activity. Come on, man. Yes, it's getting that bad around here. Of course, they seamlessly integrate with our previously installed ring doorbell and stick-up cam. And, of course, Amazon's Echo devices gives us a head-up of any activity around our property. As long as the Wi-Fi is working, that is. The ring doorbell we use is the third generation, which I bought refurbished over the summer replace a second generation model we were using. The performance is about the same, but the third generation has a removable battery that I can swap out in about two minutes versus having to basically uninstall the second generation doorbell we had and waiting hours for the internal battery to charge. 
Speaking of ring cameras, my outdoor ring stick-up camera, which watches over the rear of my property, wasn't getting a strong Wi-Fi signal. A few times it lost that signal altogether. To remedy this, I purchased a TP-Link Wi-Fi range extender. I already use a TP-Link Wi-Fi mesh system in my household, so this range extender blended well with it. Since installing it back in August, I've only had to reboot it once, and that was after a short power outage. I paid a little over $20 for it, but you can often find it on sale way cheaper than that. Continuing with security tech, I took the plunge and bought an Apple AirTag during the Black Friday sale on Amazon. I stashed the tracker somewhere within my automobile in case it gets stolen. I got the idea for that while watching a story on my local news channel about a young man who had done that and the police were able to track down and recover his stolen luxury car. Well, I have no such luxury vehicle, but it's my only transportation and I can't afford a new one. Hopefully the need to track it never happens. Well, time will tell. At the beginning of last summer, after realizing that the puny 128GB internal drives both my laptops were equipped with just might not be suitable over the long run, you think? So to remedy that, I purchased a Samsung T7 Shield 1TB external drive, of course, from Amazon. I put mostly data and document files on it, which allowed me to free up some storage on those internal drives. Of course, the Samsung T7 will find a new home on the MacBook Air Santa is bringing me. I also upgraded my podcasting setup a bit this year. Last February, I upgraded my microphone to a made-in-the-USA Electrovoice RE20, but have just started using it last month. I retired my old DBX286S channel strip and Motu M2 audio interface in favor of the Lewitt Connect 6 audio interface, which I bought refurbished but showed up in a new-in-the-box condition. The Lewitt does just about everything the equipment it replaced did, but does it by using onboard digital signal processing, processing, I can't say that word, and in a much smaller form factor. I believe the Connect 6 is one of the most underrated audio interfaces out there, at least for podcasters and streamers. Of course, the biggest tech upgrade of the year was my purchase of an M2-chipped Mac Mini with 16 gigabytes of RAM and 1 terabyte SSD. To go along with the Mini, I bought a 27-inch LG Ultrafine 27UN850 display. I did wait too long to order it, though, because I wound up paying $66 more for it when the price suddenly shot up. My son got me the Logitech MX mechanical keyboard for my birthday, and it has become my favorite piece of tech of the year. No longer do my fingers get sore after long bouts of typing like they did while using my laptops. I could have just used the Apple Magic Keyboard my iMac came with, but I found that I quickly tired of typing on it and made more typing errors while using it. The only surviving Apple accessory from the 2015 iMac is the Magic Mouse. I'm currently looking for a replacement for it, and hopefully I'll catch an after-Christmas sale. The Mac Mini setup feels like I've arrived into the world of modern desktop computing. Oh, I'm no longer yeah. held hostage while staring at a beach ball of death the old iMac subjected me to. I did consider buying the new iMac, but the 24-inch screen it comes equipped with is just too small for my old fart eyes. The iMacs have a higher resolution screen, 5K versus 4K, but... These eyes really can't tell a difference. Nope. Finally, I have the 15-inch MacBook Air patiently awaiting me under the Christmas tree, and I'll let you know all about that in the next episode.
Wrapping up my year of tech report, I'll give honorable mentions to the TDS-branded water quality meter, Lamacall foldable iPhone stand, and the no-name 48-gigabyte portable digital video recorder I bought. The only tech I'm considering for the future, well, future purchase within the coming year anyway, is the Apple Vision Pro. No! Ah, just kidding. There's no way I would drop that much cash on an item I have no use for, no matter how my old fart mind would try and justify it. Seriously, my lovely wife and I plan on getting the Apple Watch 10, and that's only if it gets the rumored redesign. I'll probably snag myself a pair of Apple AirPods Pro Generation 3 when they come out, and maybe, just maybe, a pair of HomePods 2 for my entertainment system. I'll have to do some further research before deciding on that purchase, though. Was 2023 a bountiful tech year for you? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Entertainment News. Well, the only entertainment news I could dredge up was the rumored acquisition of Paramount by Warner Discovery. Though Paramount isn't too financially stable, they have a lot of good uh, IPs. Podcast News In an interview with the Podcast Business Journal, a self-proclaimed podcast historian stated that the era of the independent podcaster is over. He went on to recommend that independent shows join a podcast network in order to survive. Well, that's easier said than done in my experience. Back in what more hip people than myself would call the day, I attempted to join a couple of podcast networks to no avail. Now, I wasn't rejected. No, I was just ignored. Now, I agree with the historian's opinion that the age of independent podcasters being able to support themselves with income earned from their podcast might indeed be over. But independent podcasters that podcast just for the love of doing so and consider any income, no matter how small, earned from their efforts as a bonus is far from over. So the moral of the story is support your independent podcasters. The only other interesting podcast news this week was that the This Week in Tech, better known as Twit Podcast Network, is laying off a good chunk of its employees. Bah! Humbug! Twit, which is owned and was founded by former tech radio personality Leo Laporte, is one of the oldest podcasting networks out there. In fact, Twit is so old, they call themselves a webcast, which was a term used before the term podcast came to be. I used to watch and listen to the various shows on the Twit Network. 
until politics started seeping its way into the programming. The network's Mac-centric podcast had this one regular guy who was a product of National Public Radio. He sported lamb chop-style sideburns, which went out of style back in the early 1970s for Pete's sake. The guy never failed to inject his politics into any tech subject discussed on the show. He appeared on the show using his local library's free Wi-Fi surrounded by partitions, most likely at the inconvenience of other patrons of the library. The final straw came when, while watching a show about Android, of all things, one of the commentators, a young neckbeard type, had displayed a BLM poster behind him, along with a hat that had the word ACAB embossed on it. If you don't already know, ACAB stands for All Cops Are, well, keeping it clean here, the offspring of an unmarried woman. Being from a law enforcement background myself, with members of my family still serving as law officers, I took offense to that. And why wouldn't I? That was a couple of years ago, and I haven't watched or listened to a Twit product since. Perhaps I wasn't the only one to abandon the network. And late last year, Twit went mostly behind a paywall, which probably dissuaded a lot of people from consuming Twit's content. My advice to Twit would be to get back to the subject of tech in your content and keep your politics to yourself. Is it that hard to do so? No. But then again, why would my advice be sought? I'm just an old fart on a pension who happens to have a podcast which features a microscopic audience compared to the big players like Twit. Well, that music is playing, so that means I won't be boring you with a story or a rant this week. Instead, I'd like to wish you a joyous and Merry Christmas. Also, I'd like to wish my grandsons, James, Tamney, Luigi, Julian, Damien, and Christian, a Merry Christmas. Yeah, I have six grandsons, no granddaughters yet. The pressure is on you, John. Hello there. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be appreciated. You can always reach me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Hey, you hear those sleigh bells? That's Santa making his way to your house. So get off my lawn. Stay skeptical. I'm out. See ya. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.